Yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, it is time for Wake Up to the Word. I am your pastor and host, Jeff Barksdale from Life Coast Church in Palm Coast, Florida, speaking to you from the bowels of the Barksdale Communication Complex. It is Friday, Friday, let's get up, let's get reading. And it's Friday, almost noontime now. I, I had to bring the dog to the vet today. We had to... And you know, he's had a little problem uh, with peeing in the house. And maybe this is too much information, but I'm going to give it anyways. He's had a little problem with peeing in the house. Dog's never peed in the house in the 12 years we've had him. All of a sudden, he's peeing all over the place. So I tell the vet that. And while I'm telling the vet, he stands there. And pees right in the office. Couldn't believe it. It was almost defiant. It's like, see, I can't hold it. <laughs> but turns out, poor guy has a UTI. So we got some medication for him. Get him all fixed up. And uh, hopefully we'll have a dry house. Um, I, uh, I have to uh, mute some of this stuff here. Let me see what I got going on here. Then we don't get any of the weird sounds. Well, well. Except for the ones I put in intentionally. Then, <laughs> all right. So, your Bible reading for New Testament Friday is right here in front of me. I got it. Matthew twenty-two and twenty-three, and we got some good stuff for you. So we start right off in Matthew twenty-two, parable of the wedding feast. You know, you know what the cool thing. Um, Parable is an interesting, uh, you know, it's it's a, like a, they say it's a, a, a physical story that reveals spiritual truths. Okay, and that's true. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that definition, but uh, but what I discovered, uh, and maybe I'm unique in this, uh, so uh, if I'm uh, or maybe I'm late to the late to the game here. Maybe you've all discovered it already, and I'm just discovering it now. Um, I, I was taking some pictures. Uh, for insurance, changing insurance is over, uh, and uh, they they needed some pictures of the rooms, well, including bathrooms. So um, I go to the downstairs bathroom over here, and I stand outside of the doorway so I get a full full view of the whole bathroom, and I snap a picture, and then I look at the picture, and I'm like, oh, uh, the closet door is wide open, and you can see all the the towels and the face cloths and everything that are in there, and so I went in and closed that door. And then came back and snapped the resnapped the picture. Interesting is that I never noticed it just looking at it in real time. But when I looked at the picture I just took, now I saw this discrepancy. Now I saw something new that I didn't notice before. And I think that's what a parable is. A parable is a snapshot of the time. It's taking a picture. So you see new things, new details. You can discover new information if you think about <coughs> if you think about the parable in compared to life. And so what I was looking at in the picture, I looked at the picture to see if I got everything in it that I wanted, but then I noticed things. I noticed something on the on the counter, on the sink counter. I noticed that the door was open. I noticed a few things that I, when I looked at it, I didn't really observe them. I may have saw them, 
but I didn't notice them as being uh, noteworthy. And so uh, that's what I think a parable is. It draws out and helps you to focus on things that you wouldn't normally focus on if the if you hadn't seen the snapshot. And parable is one of those snapshots. So this parable of the wedding banquet, uh, Jesus says in 22 verse 1, uh, he spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. So you know that king, very wealthy. Yeah. I'm really rich. Yeah, and so he, he, he's uh, very wealthy, and uh, he's, he's going to throw this banquet. And if you know anything about the wedding culture in Israel, and this is what Jesus would be referencing, this wedding culture. So what would happen is the parents would get together, and they would make a contract for the couple, the, 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 the young man and the young woman. They would make a contract and sign that contract, and that is the betrothal, and technically they are married. But then they go their separate ways. The, the son, the husband, the, the new husband, is preparing a home for his bride, and the bride goes back with her parents awaiting the arrival of the bridegroom and uh and the bridegroom sends his best associate his best man i guess as we we do and to keep an eye on them so so he stays with the bride and the son the 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 husband the bridegroom goes back with the father to prepare a place. So the son is here preparing a place, and now the, it's time for the banquet, and the the son goes and to get the bride. And so it the time for the feast happens. The thing is, nobody knows when that's going to happen. So the, there's invitations. People know it's going to happen. They just don't know when, when the preparations will be done. And so that's when he's saying this parable, this is the context that everybody's hearing it. So he gets this parable. He said he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. And notice it says could not come. It said would not come. They chose to do other things. Again, he sent other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatted calf, have been slaughtered, everything is ready, come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, one to his business, while the rest seized his servants and treated them shamefully and killed them. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed, their, destroyed those murderers and burned their cities. Then he said to his servant, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main roads and invite the invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came, when the king came in to look at the guest, he saw there a man who had no wedding garments. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendant, bind him, bind his hands 
bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness in the place where will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called but few are chosen. <clears throat> Most people know that last line and they know in general about the parable of the, of the feast but uh, what does it mean? Uh, so the kingdom of God is like this. So, so uh, it's pretty easy to identify the king's God the son is Jesus, the son, and the people invited initially uh, is Israel. Israel's invited to come to the feast, but then once the son goes, once the invitation's given, Jesus rides in. He comes to get the bride, and they're, they're busy. They don't want to. They don't want to come. They they got. They're saying no. I got stuff to do. So he sends more servants, and they destroy them. Now, this is about prophets that go into Israel telling them again and again about the Messiah to come. And they kill them, even right up to John the Baptist, the last prophet before Jesus. <clears throat> they killed him. And um, they uh, and and then Jesus sends out new servants. This is going to be Paul and Barnabas and Timothy and and Silas and Luke and uh, Pete uh, and 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 all the 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 New Testament apostles and I know people get upset about that they're not the twelve apostles they are New Testament apostles that go out into the church age with a uh, sent out they're sent out ones uh, to start a new thing so these these New Testament apostles are the the new servants that go out and bring more people in now not everyone who comes in is part of the is part of the the celebration they're not part they're not part of the 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 wedding feast and so when the king comes in he sees some people have been invited in but didn't get their new garments and as we look in revelation you see that they're dressed in white the 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 uh the the uh those those who covered by the lamb are, are dressed in pure white so <clears throat> these they don't have their garments on they, they're not wearing them so what does this mean that means that there's going to be some people who attend church there's going to be some people that call themselves believers that are not believers and when they get to the judgment they're not going to be covered they're not going to be seen as white pure uh sins paid for by the blood of the lamb they're going to be those that come forward at the in Revelation at the end, um, the great white throne, they'll be judged according to their works. So they're wearing what they choose to wear. They're choosing to be judged by their own goodness. And so they're going to be cast out. So that's what that parable kind of unfolds as in a general sense. It talks about Israel. It talks about the church. It talks about those who uh, think they're part of the church, but they're not. And that's important is that God is called, he calls many, but, but he chooses few. So there's general revelation for everyone. The creation is a general re revelation. The Bible is a general revelation. The church itself telling people is a general revelation. And we get specific as people are drawn by the spirit. Their eyes are open and they see the truth of who God is. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, paying taxes to Caesar. This one, uh, some people, you know, don't get this. They, 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 uh, they, they don't understand this paying taxes and, and all of this. And this is a government thing. Why is God involved in it? Technically, he's not involved in it. What he's saying is, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. If God says pay tax, if the government says pay taxes, then pay it. It's a worldly thing. Just do it. It's not going to hurt you. Just do it. 
and, and yes, they might overtax you, but also people say, oh, wow, you take these deductions and you take those deductions. Yeah, this is all the system that Caesar, the government, has set up. So work within the system, pay as little as you can, and use the rest for the kingdom. But do it within the system. Do it within within the legality of the system. You don't want them coming after you. What you want is to do things right so people look at you and say, oh, he does things the right way. He, he does things right in the eyes of God and of men. Because that is what reveals your heart. That you're not always battling back against, you know, the goads. You're not always battling back against... Uh, you know, the man, you, you, some things you can control, some things you can't. It's okay to, within our country, we have the right to redress. We, that is in the constitution. These are all legal things to do. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no problem with it. It's when you're pushing back against, when it's not legal, how do you do it well? How do you do it legally? How do you do it under the umbrella of God? And when they're telling you you can't worship, now there's a line that's drawn. When they're telling you you can't do certain things that God tells you you must do, now there's the line. Now they've crossed from the governmental into the spiritual. And now you need to obey God. And that's and that's where the clashes come, right there. Um, so we, we very seldom are there in this, in this world, in this country, but sometimes, I mean, you saw during the pandemic, they were telling churches you couldn't meet. And we went with it for a little while, but here in Florida, they opened the door for us, and it, and it didn't last long, and we we started meeting up again. Uh, but in other states, they told them they couldn't gather, and they went and redressed that with the courts, and they kept going anyways, and some of them got fined, and some of them uh, uh, got arrested, and... Uh, but that all works itself out within our governmental process. But I think they did the right thing. If they had told us we had to shut down all the time, we would have, we would have met. I would have met. So they would have dragged me off. But that's you know that's one man's uh, one man's uh, role to play. So then he's talking to the Sadducees, and they asked about the resurrection. This comes up a lot, especially in our interpretation and our um, uh, teaching. On uh, Genesis chapter 6, when we say the sons of God came to the daughters of men and had children with them. This is a, this uh, seems to be seemingly is a contradictory passage, but it really is not. And we're going to unpack that. So this, so the in Genesis 6, the sons of God came to the daughters of men, married them and had children with them. And these were the men of renown. Uh, the Nephilim were around in those days, the, the, um, to the giants. And so... <clears throat> So the sons of God are those uh, part of the uh, divine uh, council, rebelling uh, Elohim, rebelling heavenly beings, and they came and had children in a genetic rebellion against God's creation. They had children with women, human women that God had created, and there was a genetic rebellion. This is, I absolutely believe that is what took place. I believe that's what Genesis 6 is saying. And the rest of the Old Testament, as we unpack it, and we continue to unpack it on Old Testament Thursday, as we continue to unpack that, is <clears throat> speaks to, uh, if you look at it through those lenses, through those uh, ancient Hebrew eyes, more things make way more sense 
than those that do not. So now we come to this portion about, uh, they're asking this question about marriage in the resurrection. And they, t they ask him about a woman who gets married, husband dies, she has no children. Brother, she marries the brother, that's the biblical thing to do. He dies, no children. Marries another brother, he dies, uh, no children. So she gets to marry, you know, keeps going. Uh, first of all, I'd say to those brothers, why you keep marrying this woman? <laughs> she is bad luck. So, so that that's just, uh, that's probably just, uh, that's uh, probably something I, I, I shouldn't say. So, uh, <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah, we, we put the buzzer on that one. So, uh, but they say, whose wife is she in the resurrection? That's the question, because she's married multiple men. <clears throat> and he says, Jesus answers them saying, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, you have not read what was said to you by God. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but God of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. So these are the Sadducees, and this is a sarcastic question, because the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, okay? So they're asking a gotcha question again, as they always did ask him that. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, and that's why they were sad, you see. <laughs> okay so, so uh, i had to put the pause in there because you let it sink in um so how do these two things how are these two things not contradictory because for one thing angels is a generic term and uh we see places in the new testament where it's quoting an old testament passage and it says uh Angels in the New Testament, but the Old Testament passage it was quoting says Elohim. And so it's a generic passage. That's one step. It's a minor one. But uh, the, the other part of it is we're not talking about the same context of interaction. Okay? We're talking about the resurrection. We're talking about the eternal state. We're talking about the, the New Eden, the, 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 the new heaven, the new earth, we're talking about that space and eternity where there's no need for reproduction, okay? The earth is where reproduction happens as God's creation creates within itself uh, as God intended. And the um, it, and it doesn't say here that they, they can't reproduce. It says... Uh, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor, nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels in, in heaven. So it doesn't say they can't reproduce. It says that they don't. Okay? That's a distinction. Okay? Um, and, and in reality, <clears throat> the barrier that's set up is more of a command, a verbal barrier than it is a uh, physical barrier. Because obviously the sons of God came to the daughters of men and they did that multiple times because they did it before the flood and after the flood. And then they were put in the abyss. As we get into Jude, we'll see that. Uh, because they left their boundaries. They left their state. 
And so they did what was they were commanded not to do. So this is a command in the in the uh, in the uh, resurrection within the eternity. There's no need for it. There's, there's it, so that's the context. There's no contradictory here at all in the wording and the uh, the the messages given are completely seamless within each other. There's no problem with those texts at all. And then the great commandment, they again try to catch Jesus. Uh, but when the Pharisees heard uh, that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, of course, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, you shall love, your lo love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So essentially what he's saying, if you do these two things, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, love your neighbor as yourself, Every command that's given to you throughout the entire Old Testament, the law and the prophets, that's what it's referring to, is, is, is encapsulated within these two commands. That's all you need to focus on. This is Jesus showing us the transition as he lives under the law. He's showing us the transition from being under the law to being under grace and the the, the beautiful part of it is nothing really changes in our response, in our responsibility, our response within our responsibility. How's that? That's better. So nothing changes. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's a relationship, a vertical relationship, and a horizontal relationship. If you get those two things right, you will be in obedience to what God has called you to, okay? So whether you're living under grace and you're, the obedience is blessings and relation, deeper relationship with God, or you are living under the law and your, your relationship is blessings from God, uh, it doesn't matter. It's the same message. There's just a different economy at work. Okay, good stuff. Uh, then uh, whose son is the Christ? Jesus asked them a question, and this is the interesting thing. I made a note here in my Bible. Uh, this is one of the very few questions, the great, the great commitment, the great commandment, greatest commandment question that they just asked him, this, the uh, Pharisees asked him, the lawyer. Um, this is one of the very few questions that he gave a direct answer to. He just, they asked it, he answered it. And that doesn't happen very often, as you'll see. Now, while the Pharisees were gathering together, Jesus asked, the, Jesus asked them a question saying, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they, they, they said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David in the spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemy under your feet. That's Psalm 110. <clears throat> if then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day anyone dared ask him any more questions. So they stopped. That was the end of it. They, they stopped trying to trap him because they just knew he was smarter. Interestingly enough, Psalm 110 is the most quoted Old Testament chapter 
in all the New Testament. So it's always, it, it gets quoted a lot. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. What an amazing uh, Godhead uh, ch uh, chapter. Uh, then we get 23 is the seven woes of the Pharisees. Uh, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, the hypocrites. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He just says this over and over again. Woe to you, blind guides. Woe to you, blind fools. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. Um, wo uh, 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. <clears throat> you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Uh, then 33 is where I want to kind of go. Uh, 29, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. Uh, you build tombs of the prophets and, and decorate the, mo the, mon the monuments of the righteous. And down here, uh, I'm going to start at 31. Thus, you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that on, so that on you may come all the righteous bloodshed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of... <coughs> Sorry. Wow, that was bad. To this righteous Abel, to blood of Zechariah, the son of Barakiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Mm, sorry about that. Um, yeah, Jesus is not pleased with these, these scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law <clears throat> they were supposed to be leading Israel to the Messiah. And they didn't. They continued to mock the Messiah. They continued to try to trap the Messiah. And even when they knew in their hearts that he was Messiah, they still chose to remain in their own power, in their own authority, and rejected the Messiah. So you can know that Jesus is Messiah. You can know that he's Lord and not be saved. It's all about the surrender. I'm going to say this again and again and again. There are many who are going to say, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. He's going to look at them and say, how did you get in here? You don't have your bride clothing on. You don't have your wedding garments on. <clears throat> all of these things are pointing to that, is that it's not just about an ascent. It's not just about acknowledgement of Jesus being God, Jesus being Messiah. It's not just acknowledging that. It's surrendering your life to the living word and the written word. That's salvation. When your eyes are open, your heart is open, you're, you, 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 you know that there's no way that you get salvation on your own, only through the covering of Jesus Christ. And you surrender your life to him. And your whole life changes. And your all your priorities change. That's when you know that you have been chosen and called and saved. This has been...
New Testament Friday, Wake Up to the Word. And we are so glad you joined us. Come on out this Sunday, Life Coast Church. If you live in the Palm Coast area in Flagler County, come on out. Life Coast Church meets at 1030 at the Matanzas High School Auditorium. Come on in. It's great worship and uh, air conditioning and um, great people. Great family of God. Come on out. Hear the word. Pastor Brian speaking this week. So come, come join us.